0: Hello dreamers and thinkers and welcome back to another episode of Undone. This episode's quote shall be one that I heard when I was listening to Brene Brown's podcast and she said, my body is my ally and Brene, you're engaging in some performative allyship. And when I heard that, I did a little chuckle and I thought this will be the perfect kind of like summary of what today's episode shall be um, as I share what my own journey, what my journey has been with um, food, fitness, health, the health and wellness industry and just really basically engaging in some performative allyship in the name of health and fitness when I really wasn't loving my body at all. Um, So without further ado, let's get into it. As I mentioned on the Instagram page, we will be starting a new series. I decided to title it Eating Grey. And that title kind of sounds strange. It's kind of like, I think I know what you mean, but I don't really know if I do. Um, But I got it from when I was listening to this podcast by Dr. Caroline Leaf. And she was interviewing um, this lady called Jessie. And in it, she mentioned how people think... We kind of seem to have sorted people into two categories where it's you either have disordered eating habits or you have a healthy relationship with food. But we've neglected the fact that it's kind of like a sliding scale. Um, I don't know if I'd say if it's a sliding scale, but... Sliding scale, grey area, there's definitely a grey area there where it's like you don't necessarily have disordered eating patterns but you don't have a healthy relationship with food and so you kind of just sit in this grey area. Hence the title, Eating Grey. And um, the more I discussed with friends, the more, and just kind of um, looking at a journey that I had been in recently, I realized that like this doesn't get discussed as much as it should. We discuss eating disorders, and even then, I don't think they get discussed as much as they should. They're kind of just like, oh, and there's eating disorders. But, and we don't really discuss having a healthy relationship with food we discuss the healthy habits or um, things that you're supposed to do but we don't like we don't define or we don't let people figure out what a healthy relationship with food is so in this series I just wanted to, kind of have that discussion and look at how the health and wellness industry kind of plays into that as well. So to start off the series I thought I would share what my own relationship with food has been and to some of you listening that might sound really strange because it's like a relationship with food Um, but I think we all have one whether or not we are aware of the relationship we have with food but it's more than just I eat to stay alive like there's definitely a relationship there and yeah I kind of wanted to just share what my own journey has been so for me personally I would say I didn't I don't think I would had a consciousness of my relationship with food until I was about 14 or 15 um toward the end of my high schooling is when I would say I became more aware of that Um, I had always been an active child and I like I'd say our diet at home was pretty like pretty good pretty inclusive we always ate um, we mostly ate home-cooked meals and then every now and again we get takeout if no one could be bothered making dinner and that's kind of still the same situation today but I don't think I ever thought anything of it past that like I just thought oh this is normal and I go and I play with my cousins outside I love playing sports I love running and that's that like that's just what it was those are the things that I was more drawn to and then when we moved to Australia I think maybe I started doing maybe not started doing more but I think you have more of an awareness of a particular physique and I don't know if that's just because of the climate here like everyone goes to the beach a whole lot more so like you're wearing because it's hotter the clothes you're wearing are different that kind of thing I don't know also maybe it might have been an age thing um so I think I definitely became more aware of that and then come grade 11 and 12 I think is when I I think that's around that time that you start caring about what you look like but also I distinctly remember having like noticing a trend in that when people would finish high school and then we'd see them come back in to do like presentations or whatever they always looked bigger like people would always put on weight and like a crazy amount of weight too within their first year or two of finishing high school and I remember my friend and I being like we we don't want that for ourselves like we don't want when you stop doing when you stop having like required physical education classes um that that's like all my physical activity goes out the like out the window like that's that is not where I wanted it to end I didn't want um my fitness journey to end with high school so I think I kind of started putting in things into like things into my routine so I even remember in high school I used to either run in the morning before school and come back and get ready or I'd go for a run after school and then do my homework which for me I don't necessarily think I mean I did it as like an aesthetic thing partly but I think for me it was mostly a fitness thing I wanted to be healthy and fit and um running even to this day is just how I clear my mind and it's also really good for times when I'm feeling really anxious about something in that it uses all that extra energy that I get. Well, not energy, but like it uses, yeah, the extra energy I get from like the adrenaline rushing through me and then it kind of just like settles me. And so that's what I did. And then I think when I finished when I finished high school and I had less of a routine, like that was really easy to be able to fit in a run either before school or after school. On school holidays, it was like, uh, I kind of just kept going with it because I'd already started it. But when you start university, it's a bit different in that you don't really have a consistent schedule. You definitely have a whole lot more that is required to do. And also, I don't think I'd ever realized it until I got to hi- um, to university, but I was a comfort eater. And so this is like my first year of uni. I'm super stressed. I, I was like, okay exercising as much as I did in high school kind of needs to go out the window because I need to study this isn't as important I will stay fit when I can like I would stay active as much as I can um but this is this just isn't a priority right now and then I would also be like I would just stress myself out with putting so much pressure on myself and so I would then comfort eat and then I was like oh my god this is not good For anyone. And so it's been quite a journey going from oh I exercise because you know that's what you do to oh my gosh, I'm a comfort eater, to recently I our church was doing a fast and I opted to do the Daniel fast. And in that I just thought going into the Daniel Fast, I thought this was gonna be like okay, this is finally where I cut things, where I cut ties with caffeine and sugar because I have quite an addictive personality. So I don't just eat chocolate. I like eat the whole block. Like I don't just have one ice cream. I might have one every night. Um, (laughs) Which is so terrible. Like my self-control is just at an all-time low when it comes to sugar. When it comes to caffeine, it's like I don't just have a coffee here or there. Or when I'm tired, I now have embedded it into my... Morning routine. I have it in the morning when I'm reading my Bible and journaling. Um, I'll have one at morning tea, or I'll have another one later on in the day if I'm not working that day. Um, and it just becomes like this ingrained habit where it's like it's unnecessary. I didn't need a coffee, but I had one anyway because that. What else do I do at this time of day? And so I thought that's what that was going to be because you can't have any of those things on the Daniel fast. And through that three week process. I realized that I actually had an unhealthy relationship with food, and I had never thought that up until that point. Like I think I'd always prided myself in that. yes, I exercise, but I also enjoy eating. so I'm not restrict I try not to be restrictive with my diet, but I also try to know when I'm full. I try to limit certain things. Um, try being a key word here. So I always thought I had a pretty healthy relationship with food. Um, in that three weeks I realized I actually don't have as healthy a relationship with food as I thought and that was kind of just like a shocker um so I have compiled a list of things that I have had to unlearn in the let's say seven years from about grade 11 up until now of lie of um like having an awareness of what my relationship with food is and i think these are really things that we think of subconsciously or are things that we just know as truth but haven't realized that this does not help whatsoever when it comes to having a healthy relationship with food so the first thing i had to unlearn is that there is no one size fits all for caloric intake and i think this is such a big one Um, The reason this was a big one for me was because a lot of my friends are actually a lot shorter than I am. I'm about 5'11", 5'10". A lot of my friends are like 5'5", 5'7". On top of that, I would say I weigh, uh, like, I'll guesstimate. Right now, I'd say I'm probably sitting at 80 kilos, um, with about 80 to 90% of that being muscle. If you know anything, you know that muscle Like, the more muscle you have, the higher um, metabolic, like, resting metabolic rate that you have. And so, for me, I'd go out with friends or we'll be at a friend's house and everyone will be eating. And I'm just not understanding why I'm eating more than they are. And I'm like, oh my gosh, girls are supposed to eat, like, cute little dainty plates or whatever the case might be. And I'm out here being able to probably eat the same as like my guy friends to an extent some of them are really muscly So I can't keep up like I'm able to eat the same as my guy friends and I'm like, oh, this is problematic Like girls are not supposed to eat this much, but um ladies Let me tell you I mean and guys too. between Your age your height your muscle comp um, your muscle to fat ratio composition Um, to just the lifestyle that you live, you will have a completely different metabolic rate to someone else, meaning that you might need to eat more than what someone else might eat. You might need to, someone else might eat less than what you eat. It really all depends on a whole range of things. And so one thing I stopped prescribing to was that women should eat X amount of calories. On that I think it's really important to say that obviously you can overeat but I think a really big thing um, and something that I'm learning in there's like the style of eating called <laughs> weird style of eating um, but this school of thought where it's like intuitive eating which is where you eat when you're hungry and you stop when you're not. And so for me, I think a really big thing that I had to overcome was that I can't starve myself because I think I've had enough. If I make a meal and I make enough and I make enough of um, a nutritious meal, then that should fill me up and that should be fine and that will hold me down until the next meal. And I actually found that I ate less when I was eating um, nutritious and like, bigger meals and so I was snacking less because I was actually full up until my next meal which probably meant that like I don't count calories but I'm sure if I did I would be I would have been staying within my caloric intake because I was having fewer meals but I was having like good meals and so I think that's a really big one and I think I saw this on someone's Instagram I can't remember who but she was talking about how as ladies we should stop Um, thinking that we can't eat as much as our boyfriends or the males in our lives or whatever. Like, you eat however much will fill you up. I think one thing that I have realised is that I probably find it difficult to know when I'm full. Like, I know when I'm full-full, but I don't know when I'm just full. So, it takes me a while to kind of just, like, settle in and be like, uh, okay, has the food settled into my stomach? Am I still hungry? Am I full? But I think on that, a really big thing is that this whole thing is a journey. I think how you like even just from assessing what your relationship is like with food to starting to take out the things that you don't want, um, the thought processes that you might have um, to get into a place where you're happy. It's all a journey and it doesn't take forever. Like it's been seven years for me and i'd say from when i first started to now is like a huge difference even in like the things i eat like when i think of some of the things that i used to do i'm like oh my gosh honey stop and i think i've come a really long way but there's still a whole lot more to like there's still a whole lot more i can learn and things i can get better at so I guess that kind of ties in as like number two, like it's a journey, like, and I needed to be okay with realizing that committing to being like healthy, which really was dieting, um, for six weeks or whatever the case might be, wasn't going to change, um, the lifelong patterns I had had or deeply rooted, um, thought processes and, Points of view number three i guess i would say which kind of ties in with number one is that you won't have the same appetite month long this one is mainly for the ladies in that different parts of your cycle require different amounts of um not different amounts but i'm not a professional so I would highly recommend you do your own research. But um, different parts of your menstrual cycle, in some parts you can eat more because you're genuinely a lot hungrier. In other parts, you will have less of an appetite. Um, bloating also plays into that. Um, the different cravings that you might have as well will affect things and being able to manage that. So one thing I would say for ladies is that Look into how your cycle affects. Your ability to train and eat, because I think that's a big one as well as for me, is that I would, um, in the week that I have my most cravings, and I just want chocolate, and I just want sweet things, and I just want like deep fried things, is also the week where I feel not as motivated to work out. When I do work out, I feel like I haven't given as much as I would have wanted to, because I'm just, like my muscles just feel like mush. And that really is a thing. And so being able to know that information and have that on hand and just give yourself grace. The fourth thing is that exercise does not undo a bad diet. One meal or day doesn't undo a healthy diet like and I think even now like every now and again I find myself doing this where I'll be like in the middle of a workout and I'll be like see if you hadn't had that ice cream and it's like oh my gosh I sh- first of all I shouldn't use exercise to like punish my body but at the same time um, that ice cream didn't undo all the work I've done It isn't, like, you can't be perfect all the time. It isn't a reflection of anything. Like, I just, I had an ice cream. That should be okay. I should still be able to keep pushing through mentally in this workout. Like, those two incidences are in no way connected. Um, I've also seen a lot of people who will exercise but still have a really bad diet. And I'm like, we're not, you're not achieving anything like you should still be eating balanced nutritious food and I'm really big on that in that I don't believe um a good diet is like keto or what's it called um what do people do there's paleo there's going plant-based there's intermittent fasting like these are all things that I think the health and wellness industry have definitely introduced into people's minds and have made us think are what will get us to the goals that we want but to be completely honest you won't stay consistent and committed to those diets if you don't have health and fitness as a way of life which is what i guess the biggest point of this is is that i needed to choose it and i have to keep choosing it as a way of life in that i choose health i choose fitness for myself and as long as i'm staying active as long as i'm eating right i'm still okay enjoying cake at a friend's birthday like that's not the devil if i'm craving a chocolate bar like i mean i won't do it all the time but it's like uh sure, I'll go get myself a chocolate bar. Like, if I don't feel like working out today, that's okay, I don't need to beat myself up about that. Um, as long as I'm staying consistently healthy, I think, is what's important to me. And then the fifth one is that a healthy diet is not synonymous with a healthy relationship with food. And I think that's a really big one to unlearn because I know a few friends, and I'm actually going to get a couple of them on the episode in the coming weeks, but they will tell you how they ate healthy. Like, they... Based on what people post on Instagram, what is what like what everyone would think is your typical de- definition of healthy? They ate healthy, but they did not have a healthy relationship with food, and I think that's also my biggest thing with some of the things that the health and health and wellness industry um try and sell people is that people the ultimate goal should be to have a healthy relationship with food, a healthy relationship with your body and exercise, um, and just be comfortable and confident in that. Whereas you... Like, things like the keto diet, it's like, what are you... And, like, no offense to the keto diet or people who do it. I just think I have a problem with it in that um, you can undo so much work if you eat the wrong meal with that one. um, You aren't having a balanced diet like we are like the food pyramid we all entered in primary school um you've got your veggies you've got your carbs you've got your protein you've got your dairy you've got your sweet stuff like we are we should be able to eat all of those things but it's about having them in it's about having them in moderation knowing when to have them how much to have them too much too little um frequency quality that kind of stuff and so I just think when you go on restrictive diets it makes it really hard to actually have a healthy relationship with food because then you start looking at certain foods as if they are bad for you because when you were on that diet you couldn't eat that and that diet told you that that is how you were going to lose weight or that is how you're going to do XYZ and so now you start looking at certain foods as if they are bad for you which is is like I mean okay yeah like deep fried food bad cool (laughs) we know that but I mean like people looking badly at things like carbs I'm like carbs are good for you I Actually, this has been a really big thing that I've been embracing lately, is that um, I go to this new boot camp and our trainer will be like to us, either after a workout or before a workout, she'll be like, oh, make sure you girls go home and have some carbs now, that was a really um heavy workout, or like tomorrow's workout's going to be intense, make sure you have some carbs tonight. And I'm like, I love the way that you just normalise carbs, because carbs are good for you. So are a whole bunch of other things, but it's like, when you go on restrictive diets, it's really easy to look at certain things, or go on things that have been deemed as healthy diets. Um, You start to look at certain foods incorrectly. Even something like a cake, like you won't want to have cake at a friend's birthday and it's like cake at a friend's birthday is fine you buying a whole cake and going home and eating it that's a different story like but a slice of cake at a friend's birthday that should be fine um the sixth one that I had to unlearn was that not listening to my body gets me nowhere. I need to do what works for me, not what works for other models, not what works for Instagram models, not what works for other people. I need to do what works for me. And I guess this one also kind of ties in with intuitive eating. And I think I'm getting better with intuitive eating. I just listen to my body. I listen to what it needs. So even if I've had a big breakfast and I still feel hungry, I am going to make myself a meal because I know if I don't I'll snack on things that probably aren't as nutritious So I'll make myself a smaller meal that is still nutritious. Now bear in mind This doesn't always happen all the time. Sometimes I do slip up. I'm human. It is what it is um, but I I think listening to your body is a really big thing, and I think we all tend to ignore the cues our body gives us. Um, If you haven't slept well, and this is something that I found in uni, is that if I didn't sleep well, I would crave a lot of sugary food, and I just want to eat sugary food. And that actually has to do with the fact that my body was tired. It was exhausted. It needed energy. And so um, craving sweet stuff was the easiest way to do that because it could easily break down um, the glucose and it could use that for energy as opposed to if I actually had a good proper meal. I mean, good sleep is also a really big thing as well in terms of your relationship with food I found that I would want to eat more sweet things more um, unhealthy things when I hadn't slept well because that's what my body my body just needed quick energy it didn't care that that didn't last long it didn't care about whether or not that was healthy or not What it needed was a form of energy. Um, And so I think sometimes we have a tendency to ignore that. Yes, your body is tired. Maybe go take a rest. Like that's what your body needs. Um, And I think that was actually one of the biggest things that I learned when I was on the Daniel Fast. Because I wasn't drinking any coffee. So I really had to, and I was still training. I was still doing work. I was still doing all my normal stuff. Um, But I had to make sure that I was getting enough sleep. Because then I could like, I knew that the cues that my body was giving me were real, like, I'm actually hungry, it's not that I'm hungry for something sweet, because I need energy, but I'm actually hungry in this moment, yeah, and realizing as well that certain foods, um, I couldn't have, like, okay, what a big thing is, like, I'm, I usually will take leftovers to work, The next day um but if it's leftovers like rice and a curry or rice and whatever um that's not a good lunchtime meal for me because then i feel sleepy after like it just it's a very dense meal in my stomach and then i get all warm and i'm just like uh i'm ready for a nap but i still need to work and so if i still want carbs maybe like potatoes and something is and the curry or whatever the case might be is probably a better afternoon meal for me then the rice and whatever it would be would be um and just a one that i have found from speaking to people is that a lot of people don't listen to their bodies when their bodies are telling them that they're hungry which is strange for me because i like to snack and i feel like i'm probably constantly hungry um which probably isn't the case but it's just how i feel um so I can pick up on the subtle cues of like, oh, I'm starting to get hungry now, but I can hold on. Um, oh, okay, I should probably go eat soon. And then it's like, oh, now I'm feeling exhausted and yawning. Um, I think I'm definitely very hungry. Sometimes you'll get like the whole like the actual hunger feeling in your stomach and like the growling. But I found that a lot of people don't listen to their bodies when they're telling them they're hungry, which isn't helpful in terms of like energy levels and being able to be productive and concentrate and all that kind of stuff but also I feel like this kind of this one kind of ties in as well with people thinking that they'd be eating too much if they eat when their body tells them they're hungry but it's like listen to your body it knows what it needs and if it's telling you it's hungry you should probably listen I think the line kind of gets blurry though when it comes to like sugary things because You can train your body to um, the more sugar and things like caffeine, um, the more of that kind of stuff that you have either at certain times of the day or that you just constantly have in your system. When you start to like wean off it, your body will want to tell you that it needs it, but your body doesn't need caffeine. It doesn't need ice cream or chocolate or whatever the case might be it does need an energy source but that doesn't necessarily have to be those places the whole point of food is that it's supposed to fuel your body which is like a mind-blowing revelation i had and i was like i feel like an idiot because obviously food is supposed to fuel your body but yeah that's a big one is you need to learn to listen to your body and then my last one which i think is probably the most important one And probably the biggest reason that I am doing all of this um, is that shame doesn't achieve the results that you want. And I think we can shame ourselves for eating certain foods or not eating like this person and this person. Or I was doing so well, I had told myself I was going to eat healthy. I had meal prepped and then I went and got this for lunch or then I went and got pizza for dinner. Or I said I was going to exercise and then I stayed in bed. Oh my God, am I even serious about the things that I want? Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, no, shaming yourself actually creates a negative cycle where it stops you from wanting to try to achieve the goals that you have set for yourself. Whereas if you give yourself grace and be like, okay, I slipped or I didn't do the thing that I wanted to do, um, I'll try again tomorrow. Because you have to realise at the end of the day, you are making commitments to yourself. Um, And there's this, I can't remember where I heard it, but at the end of last year, I kept telling myself, I need to stop self-negotiating. And that I would make a pact with myself, like, oh, when I come back from work, I will do X, Y, Z. And then I come back from work and I take a nap. And it's like, okay, so I self-negotiated with myself. Or it would be like, when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to go for a run. And then I would self-negotiate with myself and the alarm would go off and I'd be like, okay, but sweetie, are you? it's better for you to have sleep and rest than it is to exercise. Knowing full well, I slept like a full eight hours. I'm just not in the mood to get up. Or it would be like, your body's beautiful anyway. Today we're going to practice um, self-acceptance. You don't need to go for a run. And it's just, like, insane the things that we can tell ourselves. But I think an important thing to remember is that you whatever it might be, because I think at the end of the day, uh, the grayness that comes with um, our relationship with food comes from us either wanting to break the habits that we were taught within the household growing up um, or we're trying to hold ourselves to the standard that people have projected and have made us believe is attainable. Which, if you look at the root of that, is like you should want this for yourself. And so, when you're making these goals, you're making them for you, not for anyone else. Um, you're not making them to for people to be like, "Oh wow, you like to compliment you or anything like that." You're making them for yourself. And when you're making the goals for yourself, um, you can go whatever pace works for you. Start slow and steady, but know that shaming yourself will get you nowhere. For me, when I started like seven years ago started, like I don't think I was conscious of starting, but um it first started with me cutting out soft drinks because we actually always had soft drink in the house. That's just something that was normal. And I stopped drinking soft drink. I stopped drinking cordial juice, unless it was like it had to be actual juice. Like it couldn't be juice that has like added sugar or anything like that. Um, I stopped drinking all of that. It was water. It was tea, and it was coffee, because at the time I was still drinking coffee. And I was just... So when I introduced that, it was, oh, um, you don't want to drink your calories, which is such a toxic mindset. Like, oh, you don't want to waste calories by drinking them. You'd rather have them in your food. But now it's just like, okay, for the sake of this health of your teeth, yeah, you probably shouldn't have as much soft drink. Also, for the sake of your body not being addicted to sugar, you probably don't need as many sugary drinks. Um, for the sake of dehydration, maybe drink water so your body can actually get that. And it started off with little things like that where I um, would look at my diet and what I thought was normal and take stuff out. And then it was the little steps like that as I developed my relationship with food. And so now I can have, like I'll have a soft drink if we go out or as a mixer and a drink. Um... But I realized that I just am not that, like, I just, soft drink is not something I need in my life. Um, And I think I've come to that same place with caffeine, like, caffeine is not something I need in my life. With tea, I used to love a sweet tea, like, putting a lot of sugar in the milk, and then it was like, that's really unnecessary. Like, first of all, you're getting rid of the taste of the tea bag, which is, I love tea, like, actual tea flavors. And secondly, that's just a whole lot of unnecessary stuff. And so I would reduce the amount of, actually no, I've always not had a lot of milk in my tea because I like a strong tea. Um, But in terms of sugar, and I realized the more I scaled back on my sugar intake, the more my taste buds were actually able to pick up the... like little in quotation marks sugar that was in the food or the drinks that w- I was consuming which meant when I had too much I could actually tell because it was like oh that's actually really sweet whereas before that I'd be like oh this is great this is yummy but yeah I hope you guys were able to relate or identify some areas in your own life where you're like ooh, I could implement that in the next couple of weeks I'm gonna have a few of my friends come on and chat through their food health fitness journeys, um, relationship with food with me and we'll probably speak a bit more on how the health and wellness industry probably imp- how the health and wellness industry impacts our perceptions of ourselves, of our diets, of what's good, of what's bad but thank you for listening and I will see you next time.